Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 157. Eskimos. <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Ah, what a huge, huge show we have coming up. It's massive. <laughs> a massive show. So many s- segments, more segments than you would want to point a stick at. Because or, or a straw. To. Or a straw. Hey, one of the segments, clutching at straws. Mm. Interesting. There's a strange circular logic to that. There is. <laughs> there is. I don't really understand it myself. Uh, we're we're going to talk about some of the worst TV shows you've ever seen. Uh, by way of talking about the worst TV shows we've ever seen. Does that make sense? I think it's the beginning of a conversation, so really, isn't it? It's the gonna, beginning. We start the conversation and then it goes over to you. To continue the conversation. And then we'll pick it up. And uh, finish the conversation. Apparently that's how a conversation works. I believe. I've, I've heard that somewhere. We always get the last word. Yes. And it's like the brown age of television. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Like the brown age of television. Oh, that's nice. Maybe we could uh, do an intro like mm. that. The brown age of television. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we've, we've got a crap TV, just, you know, if that wasn't enough. And uh, if there's not enough superlative action going on, My Own Worst Enemy is a show that we'll be covering. Your Own Worst Enemy? No, no, no. Christian Slater's Own Worst Enemy. Right. Okay. It's not like a reality game show. No, though, no, no. In it's, which Your Own Worst Enemy comes in and just does really horrible things. No, it's a drama called uh, My Own Worst Enemy. Your Own Worst Enemy? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> quote, My Own Worst Enemy, end why, quote. Why? What, what did he say? <laughs> no, hang on. Who's on first? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know. He's on third. The... Uh, it's a Christian Slater show, and it's not at all like Gleaming the Cube. There are no skateboards in it at all. But we're going to cover it Spoiler. nonetheless. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we do have that uh, Clutching at Straws thing. We've got Letters to Box Cutters. We've got the Box Cutters quiz. Mm. A special, a special, another audio question. Yes. Uh, I hope it's going to be uh, effective with you guys. It's a vinyl audio question as well, which is even more impressive. Mm-hmm. I, th- I actually thought it was pleather. <laughs> Is it? But if it's straight vinyl, that's all right. Uh, we've got going to finish it all up with pork, but as always, let's kick things off with the box cutters news. I'll get you, butler. In sad, <laughs> uplifting news. It's not uplifting. What? You wanted me to uplift us? I just wanted you to try to, you know, because always when we have a story like no, this... Yeah, spoiler alert. I'm going to warn everyone. This is such a downer of a show. <laughs> we we realised just then everything on tonight's show is is bad. It, it, well, not, not you know, it'll be presented with the same level of professionalism. The same aplomb. Yes. <laughs> that, we do, that we do every week. But everything's a, a little bit of a downer. So... Uh, uh, you know, take your happy week. pills while you listen. Yeah. Actor, comedian, and singer. Oh, heard triple him sing, threat. Uh, who was popular in the situation comedy on the buses. Reg Varney has died aged 92. 92. What, mm. else, what else did Reg do? Do we know? On the buses. 
He yeah, did the. Uh, when I said, um, what else did he Reg did the do? movie? The movie of on the buses. <laughs> he was rarely out of the public eye during the 1960s and early 1970s. Because he was in on the buses, such as the Rag Trade. And Beggar My Neighbour, as well as oh. 65 episodes of On the Buses, and three spin-off films mm. from three. Same. Three. I, I, I thought at least one of those had to be Doctor at Large. No, but, hats off well, to you, Well, he must Rachel have been in, in some of the carry-on movies, mustn't he? Oh, quite, quite possibly. But he was, uh, he, he was great in On the Buses. I, I was a bit shocked to find out that he was 92, and up until yesterday, still alive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he was still alive. Uh, but you know, because he seemed quite old in the sixties. Like, well, he didn't seem youthful in the. 60s. Everyone was quite old in the sixties, though. It was just a common thing. Yeah, but he was yeah. he was easily middle aged mm. in, in on the buses. Also, he seemed to to us. I mean, we would have been quite young. When, well, ninety two, you would have been around about fifty. Yes, forty years ago. Oh, it's a maths question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So he was a lot older than uh, than he was playing. Uh, but anyway, hi. Reg Varney, here's to absent friends. Uh, John Richards, what have you got? Oh, oh I've got lots of depressing stuff. Um, <laughs> talking about things dying, uh, rumours going around that Fox will be pulling the plug on Prison Break. Um, <laughs> I but, thought you were saying depressing news. <laughs> well, that's uplifting that's true. news. The full sentence though is, after four seasons, and that bit just, I have no that's idea. That's depressing. I had no idea for well, they, four seasons. Their figures have been down quite substantially this But how did it run, <laughs> how did they it run was, four seasons? They were seasons? down on the it's second got, season. It's all got just a little bit silly. It's, are you still watching it? Is is this? No. I did. I've, I've seen a couple of ending or beginnings of episodes, and it's like uh, the this this detective over there, this strange guy, wants you to kill somebody, or else you're going back to prison. So yeah, is the fourth series the one that's now airing where they have to do like a heist of a high tech computer thing? Yeah, it's right. on at the moment. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. it's fast tracked. Supercomputer. Yeah, that's, that's well, the one. Fast tracked. It's, I, I don't understand. They're out of the prison. But what, they might go back to the prison. Again. If they don't do what the nasty man wants them to do. He's, I don't understand why they just don't say, there's not a prison that can hold us. His tattoos are useless. He can't get tattoos over the tattoos. No, but he's still pretty. No, I, I think he admit. is, actually. <laughs> is he? Is he? I, I'm pretty sure I saw a laser scene the other day. <laughs> It's still a show full of pretty men. Someone today said since the, the demise of Oz, it is the most homoerotic show on television. So that's the only thing really it has going for it. Mm. Well, that, that doesn't say a lot for homoeroticism on television. Yeah, it, people should really pick that up, shouldn't they? Yeah. Pick up the quality of homoeroticism <laughs> on television. It's and just I, I not. assume that, that's not counting the L word or queer as folk. No. No, because uh, uh, oddly enough, there's still, yeah, still less sex, I think, uh. <laughs> in a, Certainly Noz. A lot more gay sex than Oz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All they had in prison break was holding someone's pocket. Yeah. Holding the... <laughs> well, uh, I've it's got gone s- filthy. We're like five I've, minutes in and it's I've got so much to learn about, about the world of the gay. Mm. Uh, so prison break likely to be axed. Likely to be axed. Not confirmed yet, but pretty likely. Well, speaking of uh, likely to be axed... Uh, Eddie Maguire, who's still sitting around Channel 9 doing nothing and earning for a million. bucket load while doing it, uh, he was in talks for a primetime bingo show. Mm. <laughs> no bingo! Sorry, just hearing all those words together. That was great. Say it again. Say it again. He was in talks 
for a primetime bingo show. Oh, that's brilliant. But that has been done. And and as we saw out of it, it, it uh, there was some it has, scandal. has been done illegally by, by Channel 7. Uh, this was, uh, was going to be a variety show designed to promote gambling for Victoria's new lottery operator, Intralot, mm. who have that ad the, that the, you didn't buy. The luck factory. The, yeah, with the... Uh, yeah, that's the horseshoe yeah. with legs. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually going to try to record... Uh, one of their uh, announcements for the uh, f- for the weekly bingo prize, which was drawn three days ago. Yeah, yeah. because it, it and play it on the show because these things make absolutely no sense. They make less sense than that ad that you didn't buy, Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, that uh, has uh, had the plug pulled. The Intralot Bingo Eddie Maguire Hour killed before it even got a chance to start I running. No. I know. Uh, it, it was an idea. This is uh, uh, this is what uh, Eddie Maguire said. It was an idea. We explored it and threw around a couple of concepts, but in the end, Channel 9 weren't that keen to do it. The subtext there is, I'm Eddie Maguire and I'm quite prepared to do anything. Yeah. That's that's what I'm reading from, from that story. Ah, uh, Maguire. <laughs> you were once a sports reporter. <laughs> A respected sports reporter. Look how far he's come. Wasn't he going back to... No. What's happened with the current affair and him hosting? That was was the rumour not too long ago. No, well, he did. He hosted that two weeks. No, no, but like like there was was word that he was going to take it over next year. But he was not very good. Yeah, he can't pronounce certain words. I mean, how can he host... Anything that's it's newsy, that's just wrong. Oh, just, that just makes him common man in the street and, yeah. and very Do you know I've really had relatable. enough of the common man, you know, especially after the American election, seeing what common people do if you let them run for office. It's like, it's a bad idea. We want intelligent people doing these things. Yes. So God, uh, You're asking a bit much, John. So, so Intelligence he, in our celebrities. So when, uh, when somebody puts on their Sky record, plays uh, Fanfare for the Common Man... <laughs> <laughs> you just you've got no time for that at I, all. I like the fanfare part. I'm fine with that. Okay, you like fanfare. Yeah. But not common. And the man. four. I am happy with the four. Oh, okay. Yeah, even the I'll go with. Oh, so so, so you've got nothing against <laughs> definite articles. No, no, I quite like definite articles. Okay. Because they're very definite. They yeah, know, fair they know what they want and they know how to get it. Hey, television, Brett Cropley. Uh speaking of uh other cancellations, Lipstick Jungle uh has been cancelled by NBC. That was still making that? The thing I love about that is, is that that was announced in the middle of sentences about other stuff. Like it was, it was such a show that everyone was waiting to be cancelled mm. that there was no surprise. Yeah, you, you know I, what? I, you know, I'm surprised that it was still running. What I like about that is that uh, they were really trying to leverage off the uh, I don't know, call it success, but it's not of Lipstick Jungle for the most recent series of uh, Project Runway. Because one of the uh, w- one of the tasks was they had to make a dress that uh, she was going to wear. What's her name? Creature Brooks from Blue Lagoon was uh, <laughs> was going to wear on uh, on Lipstick Jungle. That was a, a big thing, and ooh, everyone ooh. watched Lipstick Jungle. So so Lipstick Jungle, which was you know by all reports quite an expensive show to make, was really trying to pull the very small basic cable. Project Runway audience in order to boost their numbers. <laughs> mm. it does cost a lot to make a jungle out of lipstick. That's true. That's very true. Um, also, uh, something that hasn't, uh, I, I think, peaked at around about the 3am rating slots on Australian TV, Mad TV, 
is to uh, be axed, yeah. which um, I think has been going for something like 12 years. 14. 14? There you go. And no um, one's watched it. It's amazing. 14 years of, of, of not having any particular fame attached to it. I did always enjoy it when I kind of came across it, though. But it, it did seem like a low-rent SNL. Hmm. 14 years of being less funny than Saturday Night Live. Yes, um, I said that for you, Riley Boxcutter. And more locally, Channel 9 has uh, said no thanks to a second season of The Strip. Oh, they made more than one episode of that? Because mm. I didn't bother. Yeah, I said no thanks to the first series. Yeah. Did it, did it, yeah. I didn't hear it about it being moved from the, uh, the Thursday night pre-footy show kind of slot. It's still there, but it's invisible. Does it? Yeah, so you see through it to the show underneath it. It's, <laughs> it's, wearing, it's wearing a coat that is the exact same pattern as the wallpaper. <laughs> so it's hard to see it. Very hard to see. If you find it's, it hard to find your telly, it's probably on. It's like the beginning of Garden State. <laughs> um, on, on slightly more positive news, I don't know, really. Um, more rumour going around about the, the next Doctor for Doctor Who. Um, the current rumour... Andrew Sachs. Is Andrew Sachs. Um, <laughs> and Russell Brand and his weird composite sort of character. Oh. Um, it's uh, Colin Salmon. Yes, Colin Salmon. A black doctor. Uh, he was also... This is with don't, don't pretend like you know who Colin Salmon is. <laughs> no, Col- I did know Five him. minutes before the show, so <laughs> you're looking him up on IMDb. Colin Salmon, he was in The Bank Job, he's in Resident Evil. He's the black guy in the Piers Brosnan movies, uh, Bond films, the ones who where he gets to stand around in the... Um, sort of MI6 control area and say, look, Bond, it's a pencil, and things like that. <laughs> um, he's also been in Doctor Who already. He's in Science of the Library, Forest of the Dead, which was the two-parter this year written by Stephen Moffat, who's taking over. Um, he was also weird enough for rumoured to be the first black James Bond before Daniel Craig was cast. Uh, I- yeah, see, Daniel Craig took that first black James Bond <laughs> role from <laughs> him. Because no, a black doctor I have no problems with. Because, like, yeah, the guy can regenerate. A bit of skin pigments, you know, neither one thing nor the other. But I don't get how Bond could just turn black without anyone noticing. That yeah, seems- that's... The, you know what that is? That's p- political correctness yeah. oh, gone mad! mad! <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can you go from Roger Moore to, to Sean Connery? It's you exactly don't. You go from thing. Sean Connery to Roger Moore. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, because you can't go the other way. It's just not possible. <laughs> you didn't they, didn't they kind of... Kind of tag team no. over a couple there? No, no Lazenby did. Yeah, Lazen- Sean Curry came back for one after Lazenby, and then Sean Curry also did the spin off one. Well, uh, yeah, uh, he did the, the uh, Never, Never Say, Say Never, Never Again, Again, which was made by a company other than the Broccolis. And was a sequel to Never Say Never. So it was like uh, the original <laughs> um, uh, Casino Royale. Yes, it which, was like with whole- Peter Sellers' Bond. No, Peter Sellers wasn't point. Bond. He's credited as Bond no, on IMDb. David Niven was Bond. No, Peter Sellers also. Everyone was Bond. Woody Allen played Bond, and that he was great. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so yes, almost certainly not true. Colin Salmon in there as a as a concept. What a uh, very so good actor. So why not? Um, and also just going on. Also uh, in auction news, <laughs> in science fiction auction news. <gasps> if you're in Knightsbridge on November 25th in London, presumably, uh, Bonhams will be auctioning off a number of Doctor Who items in their entertainment auction, including John Pertwee's jacket. Um, a 1960 Cyber- a Velvet Number? Uh, presumably Velvet one of the Velvet Numbers, yep. yeah. A 1960 Cyberman glove. Just the one. <laughs> Which is going to be odd for dress-ups at home. <laughs> Look, I'm a little bit of a Cyberman. Oh, part Cyberman, part Michael Jackson. And uh, a pterodactyl head from The Visitation. Uh, also, if you're going to be in Pasadena um, in January, January 17th and 18th, uh, Battlestar Galactica will be auctioning off all the stuff from their show, as their filming will be over forever. 
Um, up for auction will include one of number six's red dresses, Starbucks flight suit, or a full-sized Viper fighter. Now I that, so want a full-sized Viper fighter. Well, w- would it be... So, so this was the Cylon... These are the Cylon Vipers? Is that, uh, no, there's, no, there's this one that they... they it's the actual... The good guy ships. Oh, the good guy ships. Which they get into and fly out and shoot stuff with. Mm-hmm. See, I'd, I'd like one of the Cylon mm-hmm. ships with the... What are you doing? I'm having the good guy song. <laughs> That's not the good guy song. It is. That's that's a Beach Boys song that's been taken out and defiled. Oh, have you seen the, the remix of it though? It's something special. The uh, anyway, so the the, uh, the Cylon ships that uh, with the that, pointy bits that Starbucks climbs inside yeah, and could, then squeezes the right glands to you, make it go. You could injure yourself with one of those, I imagine. Um, look, that might be a frockton as well. I don't, I don't really know. Maybe they're going to blow it up. But the full size vibe would be cool because so you could put it in your, in your garage. And then just yeah, every so often open the door <laughs> as people are walking past. <laughs> just go take her out. Uh, check she's all right. Yeah. And uh, also apparently 200 items from each episode will be on eBay after each episode airs. So in the US. So basically, yeah, they're dismantling the set as they go, I imagine. <laughs> so you can, mm. you can have a go at that. Well, they've got to pay for their production somehow. Mm. Um, it, yes, strangely... Peter Sellers, Woody Allen, and David Niven were all yeah. cast I think as, there was some, a woman as well. some kind of James there. Bond. Uh, it's, that was a strange, strange film. It's a crazy old uh, world. And, so, and Terence Cooper as oh, well. Love him. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, let's go back to news, shall we? Very quickly. Uh, SBS, SBS whinging again. Uh, this time, content director Matt Campbell has said that... Uh, Unless the government adequately adequately funds SBS... They will make more Shift and Swift couriers. <laughs> yes, it, it could be killed off. Uh, he said, uh, it's the first time SBS has actually gone out and put a stake in the ground for triennial funding and said we actually need $70 million. If we're successful, SBS will be able to move into this digital age funded as we should be. But if we're unsuccessful, the conse- consequences could be extremely dire for SBS. So he's threatening to shut them down. Yeah. Can you do that? Can the head of a, uh, SBS just he's declare... Not, he's not even the head of SBS. He's right. the content director. So the content director is saying, no, that's it. We're dismantling SBS if you don't give us the cash. And the government are saying... Uh, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> A, How B, did you get this number? Are you responsible for Swift and Shift couriers? Yeah. Uh, that's why you're not getting your $70 million. Mm-hmm. The end. Brett? Uh, Sonia Kruger has uh, caused a bit of a stir with an off-handed uh, remark on Dancing with the Stars. Um, talking about her uh, outfit for the uh, Spring Racing Carnival, specifically in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, let's just say there's a sweatshop full of illegal immigrants working on them right now. Uh, how's the family, Chung? All right? Uh Speaking to Chung Lim, the Malaysian-born yes. music director. I don't know Dancing why people thought that was offensive. It's political correctness gone, gone mad. mad. <laughs> um, and, and she did later say that she had no regrets about the remarks. And uh, Channel 7 have apologised but said that the team who managed these issues... and uh, what, what, what is that team? It's like a ready reserve of, yeah. of, Yes, uh, political the, correctness. The racist that's, uh, joke team. That's... Uh, that's Chung, Chung Lim's family working a second job. <laughs> in this case, the team who managed these issues have examined the comments and, in the honest and genuine tone of the conversation between Sonia and Chung, decided no offence was intended. 
But and, um, still, better. poor, poor, poor choice of... Mm, yep. And lastly, in the news, John Richards. Oh, speaking of inoffensive comedy, Cheech and Chong are getting back together. To, D, um, D's not here, man. To, to do a, uh, it's a documentary and live performance film. Well, they say film, but apparently it will, it will be um, not going to cinemas. It will be having, a, quote, a major TV premiere before mm. going to DVD. Um, Barry Gordon, executive vice president of home entertainment at TWC, which we're assuming is Time Warner, calls the reunion Cable. tour and performance film the comedy event of the decade. It's pretty exciting. In what way? What's, what's Cheech Marin been up to in recent years? Cheech Marin yeah. has uh, has been in every film you've ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Tommy Chung's been in that 70s show. Yeah, uh, but uh, Cheech Marin has been in heaps of stuff. He, he's constantly turning up as... Uh, Less of a stone in there, though. Oh uh, yeah, but they they both uh, deny uh, having actually smoking, a, actually, actually smoking dope. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Uh, or they did, you know, about ten or fifteen years ago. Which actually, was, uh, which John, is John Inman always said that uh, Mr. Humphreys wasn't gay. I swear that is true. He always <laughs> said in interviews that the character was not gay. Right. And you're going, uh, so, so where's the actual humour then with Mr. Humphreys? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Cheech and Chong don't smoke. John Inman doesn't suck cock. <laughs> no, 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 not John Inman. Mr. Humphreys. Mr. Humphreys doesn't suck cock. Yes, John mm. Inman's dead. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's true oh, for both of them. Oh, what a downer. I know. <laughs> what a downer. What a downer. And <laughs> on that news of John Inman being dead, which uh, just, just follows up from John Pertwee a few weeks ago, is the Box Cutters news. Or 1996. <laughs> uh, hi, this is Scott Brennan. Uh, television, Scott Brennan. If you've got cable... Um, not free to air anymore. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really bitter. But um, this is the box cutters, and this is pretty much what I've been reduced to. New York's Scott Brennan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All the way over in New York. I just want to point out too that, that Josh found out a few weeks ago that John Pertwee died in 1986, and is still getting over it. He's still yeah, in the yeah, grieving yeah. process. Because I, I was. I, I'm just. I'm waiting for Wurzel Gummy's re- reunion show. That's never going to happen. And that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. The Sean Sean Pertwee gets talked into. We uh, Sean Bean. We we spoke uh, very. Uh, <laughs> we spoke very briefly in the news, kind of hinted at uh, a, a show that I watched during the week. Brett, did you uh, did you happen across this one during the week? Swift and Shift Couriers on SBS. I saw the first episode of Swift and Shift Couriers. It was the worst show. I I can I actually think it was the worst show I've ever seen in my life. And you're not just talking about uh, about its intention to offend every possible group, are you? No, no, no. I couldn't. I, I really I couldn't give a crap because that was that was intended offence. No, I'm talking about uh, the, uh, the 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 poor acting, the poor writing, the poor directing, the poor shooting, the. It was just all round 100% terrible. Just terrible. Mm. And this is, you know, and, and I'm saying the worst show I have ever seen in my whole life. So that seems quite extreme. That seems an extreme statement which to is, me. You know, which includes Doug Mulray's uh, uh, Naughtiest Home Videos. Adult, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that, <laughs> that was terrible. And I did sit through that uh, the, first Originally? Ti- the first time around. Well, you only uh, had about 15 minutes of it, didn't you? And still. <laughs> Short still show. T- and this, this was just absolutely horrible. Now, I, I was no fan of pizza, 
but I could see Pete's appeal. Mm-hmm. This I just I cannot see it. it it's it, it really is just like when you, you know when there are drunk people in the pub and they're making each other laugh, but what they're saying doesn't really make sense, but they're encouraging each other and saying, "Oh yeah, you should totally turn this into a show." Oh yeah, yeah, you'd make a million You're dollars. Hilarious. You're hilarious. Yeah. You should be on television. Uh, it's it's like uh, the guys from Pizza and uh, Sean Brown, <laughs> and what, what was that guy's name? Matt Campbell, uh, content director at SBS, was sitting around a pub doing this thing, <laughs> and then because uh, it's it's just I I've seen student theatre productions better than Swift and Shift Couriers. So what did you really think of it? It's fantastic, John. <laughs> Because when you said, yeah, it, it's yeah, well, the worst program. I think it is the worst show I have ever seen in my life. And I was trying to think, yeah, how do you define worse? So it's, it's a hard thing to do because if a show's really bad, usually you'll stop watching it. You know, it's only if, if like us, you just feel this masochistic urge to <laughs> force yourself to watch three episodes of these things. Um, and I was trying to think about, yeah, worst television, and I was thinking... Well, Chances was pretty bad, but I watched that every week. Mm-hmm. But Chances kind of knew it was bad. And it I, was, and it I, was campy. Yeah, like, it was fun. I have a lot of warmth for Chances and its badness. You know, and then I was trying to think, well, what else is bad? And I thought, Lex, which uh, I think, Brett, you didn't even... You may have missed this. It was, um, yeah. I think it's a German-Canadian something else co-production. Is it a Superman spin-off or something? No, it's, it's a science fiction series about a spaceship that's sort of organic and it's meant to be sexy. It's like sexy sci-fi, which is already a really bad start. Um, it's a co-production, and they don't seem to be able to afford to leave one set for the whole show. So it's always involving the semi-naked woman who's the pilot somehow getting someone else semi-naked, and it's kind of softcore porn, but it's not even that. And it was just one of those shows that it, it, go, it went on for years. It kept going, and I don't know why. It I mean, was cheap. It was cheap, and there were a lot of 14-year-old boys in the world. So maybe, you know, maybe that works. But it was one of those shows where I was thinking... It's the morally bankrupt idea behind the show, then, then coupled with you know, the poor execution of it, that maybe makes it yeah. worse. And talking about fourteen-year-old boys, uh, that was surely uh, the only reason why the Wedge's early screening seasons uh, it continued on. Bad comedy. Um, bad comedy is generally across the board. I think one of the worst things you can ever have is 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 bad comedy. It's excruciating. And yeah, Aussies. We're number one for that comedy. But, you know, we, we also, we, we have some, some, but yeah, some terrible, terrible comedy comes out of Australian Swedish ship chorus. Oh, Dog's Head Bay. Was it Dog's Head Bay? Yes, Dog's Head Bay was terrible. There's something I managed to put out of my mind until just that moment. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> um, and we're saying game shows. My big with soap operas where you have stuff where no one writing it cares, you know, and it's it's... There's nothing in it to be proud of. There's no good acting. There's not a good line. There's no, you know, good dialogue. But then Brett managed to mention Moment of Truth, and that put it all in perspective. Can you run us through again what Moment of Truth was about? Well, I never actually saw an episode. Uh, was it was it Eddie hosting it here? Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, I can't even remember who who hosted it here. God, I didn't even know there was a local. So the version. concept was brought in. Um, it was it was basically a the contestant was hooked up to a lie detector and uh, had been interviewed previously before the show started. And then on live TV, uh, they put uh, all these embarrassing 
questions to the contestants um, with their, their friends and loved ones and, and their family, family there. in the audience. Yeah, someone says, okay, um, have you ever had an affair your husband doesn't know about? And the woman with you there going, no. I go, you're lying. You have. And he's finding out for the first time in front of a live studio audience yeah. for a game show. Yeah. And the point is that you have to tell the truth all the way up to the end and you get a million bucks. Mm. Although you do lose uh, your friends and family. Well, you, you completely destroy your life yeah. and all your relationships. And that's what I mean. It was a show in which, like, a morally bankrupt idea, but, like, no one comes out well from it, not the person competing for a million dollars through destroying their family, not the friends to family, not the people making the show, not the people watching the show at home because you are now dirty and no, will never be clean again. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. And yet... Nobody wins. And yet, that's a, a, a genius psychological experiment compared to Swifty Shift Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, I've never seen a show that bad. Now, Brett, you, you found a list, uh, some guy made a list. It's, the- uh, it, it's one of those free sites on fortunecity.com. We were trying to find the one from, was it TV Guide? Which, which we can yeah, find it doesn't the cover seem, of. Like they've, got the, they've got heaps of pictures from, uh, and, and pictures of the front cover of the 50 Worst Shows ever, um, which included Hogan's Heroes, After Mash, Baywatch, Still the Beaver, The Flying Nun, and Barney and Friends. They were in TV Guide's... The Flying Nun? Top 50. That's hard. See, 50. Barney and Friends, which I hated... Uh, like other people's pets. I don't actually hate other people's pets. That that wasn't a great analogy. <laughs> I, I, which I hated, like gingerbread houses <laughs> with raisins in them. You've just got a William Burroughs now. It's just weird stuff going on. Uh, was still like I, I could sit through a number of episodes of that and be strangely hypnotized by. Barney the giant hugging <laughs> dinosaur. Have you seen mm. that one in well, the night garden? I think it's called. <gasps> That's scary. It's terrifying. That is a scary it's show. It's this kids show that, that to anyone over 10, it is a, a, a Freudian nightmare come to life. But little kids go, oh, that's great. You go, no, no, I'm never away from that stuff. I'll put a David Lynch film on for you. That'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch a razor head and have a nice time. So, <laughs> so some of the selections from Senor Sock's official homepage, I'm sure you'll be able to Google that. Uh, the Michael Richards show. Uh, before he'd, uh, he'd disgraced himself in front of a live audience. Before. Um, Mrs. Columbo, uh, <laughs> when Peter Falk left the Columbo series, NBC and Universal tried to carry on with uh, Kate Mulgrew, Captain Janeway, oh. as Mrs. Columbo. I wonder how long that lasted for. Not, not, not very long. I mean, the whole great thing about Mrs. Columbo was that you never saw her. He's always talking about his wife, but you never actually meet his wife. Uh, and then suddenly... You know, welcome back, Cotter-esque. Uh, his wife takes over the job, which was just... I never knew that about Welcome the Back, last, Cotter. The last, like, one or two series of Welcome Back, Cotter, Gabe Kaplan left the show, and his wife... Well, not Gabe Kaplan's wife, but Cotter's wife. Mrs. Cotter. Mrs. Cotter uh, took over the, the class. Really? It was weird and wrong. Well, see, I'm, I'm not that old, so I only, I only ever saw Welcome Back, Cotter in reruns, and they would have never played that last I think series. Mrs. Cotter got sliced, didn't you, from there? I think, I think you're uh, you're quite old, Brett Crawford. The Bradys about the grown up uh, Brady bunch. Uh, yeah, not as uh, not as bad. The Ellen Thick show. Never saw it. Uh, the Jason Alexander show. Never saw Another, it. Uh, That's like half of Falcon. the uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. Cop Rock. Hey, hey, Cop Rock. Cop Rock was a good show. It really wasn't. 
Can't Get risk. Rock. You're thinking of a different show. No. No, you are. No. Are, are You're you, thinking of Towards 2000. That are, you thinking, are you thinking, Josh, of the cop drama where cops and robbers burst into song and dance? That's yes. the one. We're both thinking of the same show, but somehow Josh has gone mad. I, I always loved cop rock. I thought it was genius because it was something that nobody had done. It was really... <laughs> Do you know why no one had done it? Like, like guess when you watch it, it suddenly comes to mind. It was, it was great. It was a Stephen Botchko production as well. He didn't do anything for quite a number of years after that. But uh, I really loved Cop Rock. I Actually, thought it was excellent. Flight of the Concords have talked about Cop Rock being one of the, one of the, the things that they were aiming for. Yeah, they really have. Yeah. And, they, and they've said, as in genuinely not in a kind of making fun of it kind of way, but, but yeah, they were trying to get the same sort of feel. A show called The Hat Squad with a, a special team of elite cops who were well known because they all wore, wore hats. Uh, were they elite hats? No, not elite hats, elite <laughs> cops. Doogie Hazard MD makes uh, Senior Socks' top 50 worst See, shows. And you know what? This Mr. Socks guy. Senior Socks. Senior Socks. <laughs> We're in it's my a, country now. It's a different culture. <laughs> I think it's only fair to, you know, recognize Senior Socks. You, you know, know what that is? That's political correctness gone bad. Correct. <laughs> <sighs> I think he's, uh, he, doesn't he, know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Would you let a 16 year old operate on you? Asks Senor Sock. <laughs> I so wouldn't. So hang on, hang on. Now he's just he's going from shows that are, that are actually bad to just <laughs> bad premise, in, implausible premise. Mm. Like once you get past the premise, Diggy has is a really good I, show. I quite enjoyed Diggy has. Yeah, so, so I wouldn't put that yeah, on the you know top what? fifty I worst. Manimal. Oh, manimal. Yeah, a cop who could turn himself into animals to solve crimes. Well, what a man though. What a man or manimal. That's a lot. so it's a line from my short film. But it's just, um, yeah. it's that line which one person laughs at at every screening, and everyone else stares at them. Yeah. The uh, you know what? I, I I really think that Mister Socks has, has no idea. Mother's what's tonight? What's going on with television? You know who does have an idea though? Who? The Box Cutters listeners. I really want to hear from the Box Cutters listeners. Send us an email to hooray at boxcutters.net, a text to 0458 Cutter. Or leave a Including your name. Yeah, yeah, include your name. Don't include your name. Maybe you want to be anonymous, like anonymous. You could text nude. Anyway. um, That's another show. Uh, And uh, Oh, this guy has no idea. He puts the family guy on there. Oh, no, Clearly. He's, uh, he's, he's just raised, in my opinion. Or the website. Is yes, that where you're going? That's if- where I'm going. The website at boxcutters.net. Let us know what you think the worst shows of all time are. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Uh-oh. Look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this Box show. Cutter. So I'm very excited that Top Chef is back. This is uh, the fifth season of Top Chef. It hasn't come onto Arena in Australia yet, but it has. Uh, it has gone onto Bravo in the US. Started last week, and assumedly Channel B team. Uh, yes, and it will be coming to Arena in January. If you're a Top Chef fan and you're worried about spoilers, there's the the only spoilers in in this segment are, are about who's in the competition. So. Really, I don't think that's necessarily a spoiler. You might think so. I don't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just warning you. Uh, two of the contestants in this year's Top Chef are foreign. Foreign to where? To the United States. <laughs> okay. Political correctness. Got are they Mexicans? Got mad. No, are they one, senores? One is uh, one's 
Italian and the other one, I think, is no, Swedish. French. Well, that's just cheating, isn't it? They have to cook Italian things. So uh, uh, I think this has quite an abrupt start, but I- I'm going to play, play you a little bit uh, from it and then we'll see how we go. You think about it, I make around 200 pounds of pasta with Should I get my pasta make out of my suitcase or what? Yeah. You are the only one that has a thicker accent than me. It's incredible. It's a European show. Yeah. I like Stefan because we are both European. We both like soccer and we're kind of bonded together. So he makes fun of himself, we make fun of each other. And this is a battle. So this is a dating show, yeah? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we now, bonded. Can, we like soccer. <laughs> did you uh, walk did, on the beach? So you understood. You understood what yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah, I was with in, him in that. Yeah, uh, you understood, and 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 that that last bit. You you understood. I even who? understood the yeah. subtext. That's how far I was going. They put subtitles on that <laughs> for the American audience. For the American audience. Yes, so, yeah. they they put subtitles on that. Now I think that's. I understand that they they subtitled Doctor Who. That's not actually true, is it? Not true. No, it's not true. It's good though. But, but it's a good rumor. We should start it. <laughs> <laughs> they they put they put subtitles on that, and I, these people I can understand perfectly. Uh, is I just I don't get it. I don't get why people who are speaking English and are speaking English perfectly fine. Have you, you do have to remember, though, that, that America, or at least the lower 48, as I believe those states are now called, that's something I learned from the election campaign, oh. the lower 48... Is that everyone except Alaska? And, and Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, basically. Um, they are covered in an enormous geodesic dome, which means that no, no information from the outside world ever gets in. Like, there's a whole thing about, you know, they, they just have no connection to anyone. So, like, we grow up watching American TV and, and English TV and Australian TV, and, yeah, we even have some foreign channels. Um, whereas they get nothing. They they only they really do not understand. I was in you know They walk they walk the streets with Koreans and Puerto Ricans yeah, and but, Mexicans but and they don't listen to them. You know, I mean when I was in um uh, Texas I got asked if I was from French Canada. I got asked if I was from Montreal. Well you look like a Well, I have such a thick Quebecois, Quebecois. accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just something they really they that's really, actually why I didn't like you the first time I met you. I know, you. people do think I'm gonna secede. Yes. But um <laughs> the, there is this thing though where uh, they really just don't know. And anything outside of America, it's like they, they can translate America and then everything else is not America. And not America is both a little bit scary and a little bit suspicious. And yeah, they don't they just don't get it. I suppose, thinking back to my experiences in America, I did have to treat the American accent like I would any other language. And when I approached an American, I would have to do it in an American accent because <laughs> I found that when I approached them in an Australian accent, they did not understand. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're asking for bourbon. Or beer. Beer's a big one. Well, I actually beer. say beer. Yeah, you have to so, do it. Or else no, they... that's, that's actually how I say it. Is it? Yeah. Go I, say here, I say here and beer. Really? Yeah. That's weird. I know. It's... Uh, that's odd, but <laughs> look at if start subtitling you, subtitling you on the podcast, on the video podcast. There is no yeah, video yeah, podcast. On the it's no video podcast. <laughs> anyway, so I, I thought that was crap TV, but now, now that I think about it, this is two weeks in a row that we've had a crap TV turn around. Hey, hey, hey so we've turned you around. Yeah, we've now, convinced you Americans are stupid. Though. Now, that's all we've done. Yeah, but it's crap TV wasn't. I don't buy it last week. It was not. I don't buy it last week. But yeah. anyway, two weeks in a, in a row that that we've been turned around, Brett. Yeah. The uh, yeah, you've managed to convince me that... So, yeah, that we don't need the subtitles, but I'm saying they probably need th- the subtitles. But they probably need the subtitles. Yeah. They're not very bright. 
<laughs> oh, please, Americans, don't take that personally. If you still listen, Javier, we still love you. No, just some of them. Javier's got no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations, 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7, Mornings with Kerry ann Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. My own worst enemy. Your own worst enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'll be here for another 20 minutes. My Own Worst Enemy is a new show, a uh, new four-season show, coming out of the States, uh, starring Christian Slater yes. as two characters. Christian Slater, as well no, as one character. With one two character names. with two personalities. Correct. Who uh, can never meet. They send messages to each other. But um, they're, they're distinctly mentally separate people. So this is the thing. You're not actually helping the listeners with all of this definition. But then uh, I didn't think the show was helping it with the def- I mean, yeah. It's all like, right. So he says, he's, he's a, a spy. He's a secret agent who, when he's not required for assignment, gets put to sleep, which is uh, as this kind of generic suburban salesman consultant dude who has a wife and family. The wife is played by uh, Malcolm Amick, who was uh, in... Twin Peaks. Ah. And, uh... So, and anyway, so the premise is, um, you know, he's got this switch in his head. It's a physical thing that, that, that this government body, presumably, yes, the government... Yes, they put a chip in his put head. Put a chip in his head. So, so all the, the crazy secrets he's got, they can switch that bit off. He turns into a schlebby suburban dude. Um, but then, while on an assignment, the switch goes wrong. And now his personalities are flicking back and forth. So basically, he's got, a, he's got a microchip in his brain that has been installed, can't be removed, and can't be changed. Mm-hmm. But it's not working. He's not had working. brain surgery. Yeah. Yes. So sometimes, yeah, he'll find himself trying to make you know a cheese omelette, and he wants to kill people. And sometimes he'll be trying to kill people, and he'll want to make a cheese omelette. I know, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity always ensues. So it's it, it, it's not a comedy, despite the, the fact no, that it sounds so a lot a comedy. like a comedy. Uh, it is it is a one hour drama. It's and entertaining though. So you guys, you guys obviously didn't like it. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. My, 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 but, my, you know, just in all honesty, my whole thing was that I had no idea what the hell it was trying to do. I actually. I found myself completely bewildered by this show in a way that I did become quite fascinated by by the second episode, in that I couldn't tell these two personas apart at all. That's Christian Slater. Yeah, what's the thing? It was like just it's Christian He's, Slater. He has one note. So I was completely confused. No, going, but there's one that has problems with torturing people, and there's the other that's a complete <laughs> yeah, sociopath. But I, I found myself at times going, "Hang on, which which one's he meant to be? Who are they thinking he is?" Because they both just seemed exactly the same really? to me. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. And were you ironing while you were watching? And, or and I did start ironing later on because I got <laughs> bored. Um, but it was also oh. that, that thing of, and I, I just also found that so much of it seems to be that. Slater's upset that super spy Slater keeps having sex with his wife and doing it better than he can. Mm. And, that and the hummingbird, the which hummingbird. has become an internet sensation. <laughs> and that seems to be a, a main theme. And I was going, so hang on, what's, is, it a, is it a buddy thing? Or are they, are they competition for each other? Is spy Slater meant to be bad Slater? And they, they despise each other. But also, I wasn't interested in either of them. That was my main problem going, am I meant to like one and not like the other? Or are they both kind of... They both seem dull. It was actually interesting about the very first episode where Slater, um, suburban Slater, is looking at Spy Slater's uh, wardrobe and going, wow, what a tosser. And you're going, why? I just can't work it's, out. 
Yeah, it's like... His clothes are fine, and they all fit you. He's got a loft apartment with a piano. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but but why? Because... He doesn't play the piano. He, he, <laughs> he, just, he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't actually uh, have any reason to, to sleep there, because <laughs> he, he, when he gets switched off, he goes home to Matthew and Amek and, and their daughter. And Yes, I did also have a whole thing not really getting the premise constantly going, hang on, so now he thinks he's working in an office, but the office is downstairs now, from the spies? Or, or? I'll, I'll, I'll grant you this, I, and I hadn't thought about it until having this conversation with you guys. I don't understand why he needs to be switched off and into suburban father mode. Yeah, or how it helps. I didn't kind of get how that helped no. the government Although, either. Though they, he works for a company that has a number of these agents that switch on and off. Um, and, and the company's just one big cover for this secret organisation. I mean, the idea maybe is that he can't be um, yeah, interrogated. Like they can't get him face down torture. But because they can only apparently switch him on and off in the elevator... It's only he's going to be well, kidnapped in the know, elevator in, in that the ends third, up being... In the third episode, they change that. Okay. In, so, in, in the first episode, uh, Christian Slater as Edward Albright. I, no, I think that they switch him in the first episode when he's at home, when he first snaps out of it. No, can I finish what I was saying, Brad? In the Ooh. first episode... Edward Albright gets into the elevator. Edward Albright is the super spy. Mm-hmm. He gets into the elevator. Uh, the the guy in the elevator says, "Is there anything I should I should know about?" He says, uh, "No." Oh, hang on. Yes, I cut myself shaving. Yeah. And then he comes out of the elevator as Henry Spivy, the uh, the the jalab who has just a, a boring consulting job and and doesn't really know anything about his life or, or his his real life. That all happens in the elevator. Mm. In episode three, when they're doing that to uh, to his friend Tom, who also works at the same company, uh, they're doing it in some special lab in a chair. Which seems to be taking them back to, to a, an earlier kind of phase, because I try that with... with uh one of them, <laughs> Christian Slater, when they, they discover that uh, he, he keeps on snapping out of it. So they, they try and completely wipe his, his fake memory and implant new memories. So it's, like a, it's almost like a, 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 a reboot. Yeah, well, beyond a reboot, a, a, a new installation of the operating system. Mm-hmm. It's it's odd show too. Also, this is weird. This is weird kind of. I don't know because we were saying before. I, I find myself going. Well, if this was a feature, maybe that'd be kind of more interesting. If it was a feature film, and then going, ah, but that's just a bit too born identity. Or it's that one with Gina, the Gina Davis film, which I just forgot. The longest good night. Longest good night. And then I was going. Well, maybe maybe if if you know it was an actor who could play them as two completely different people. Maybe if we only ever saw one of them, you know, and so we only ever got the hint of what the other one was doing. And I was like. Maybe if they were chickens, the whole thing was... I, mean, I, 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 I just got that point going, I just can't even make sense of the. I don't think the show knows what the premise is. Occasionally we do these comedic bits and you go, you, yeah, you don't really know what this show but is either. Did you know this, you? Is, this, this is, is a little see. bit like Doogie Howser where you're questioning the, the, no, the, but, but the this, premise. But it's not questioning the premise in this case because it's like I'm not even sure they know what the premise was. I didn't think they'd set the rules... Strictly themselves. I think they were confused to what the point of all this was. Maybe, maybe that'll become more clear. As, I as don't think so. And well, then I, because, because. And, 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 and John, you, just for transparency, you only watched two episodes. I did watch two. I didn't get to the third because I no. just didn't have time. But the third Because I was, was watching the other show strong. I thought we were going to talk about tonight, which we're not talking about. So next week we'll be talking about the show I watched today. But, um, yes. The, uh, the, did either of you watch the excellent BBC series Jekyll? 
I watched the BBC series Jekyll, but that may be different to the one that you watched. <laughs> the one I watched, I thought, was quite poorly done. With James Nisbet? Yes. I thought yes. really well written, yeah. but very poorly executed. That and strangely, Chris. Oh, but, but a great story. Like oh, a great a, script. A really... Yeah, from Stephen Moffat again. Brilliant, yes. brilliant scripts. I just thought the way it was done was a bit too campy and over the top for me. Well, Liking, but, it you know. especially got that way uh, mm-hmm. t- towards the end of it. But I enjoyed it. I uh, didn't question it. It was uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun. And in Jekyll, uh, James Nesbitt plays uh, a descendant of the original Doctor Jekyll. Yes, and uh, and he communicates with his high. And you definitely through- know which one is which. There's a, there's one one bit in Jekyll which I thought was absolutely brilliant. It's a bit where um, Mia Seal is playing this footage and talking to what she thinks is is the good guy. And there's just this beautiful moment halfway through the scene when she realises he's changed. And I think he's actually backlit at that moment. And you still know he's changed. It's great. It's a really, mm. you know, it could do stuff like that. Which in this one, you're going, yeah, it's Slater 1 or Slater 2. I don't know. And they, they, uh, they communicate with each other through... Uh, through video recordings and <laughs> through phone messages and, and things like that and, and make deals with each other. I have a feeling that the creators of of this show saw Jekyll and thought, well, we can do that. So but that's how do what we they're trying it, to do. How do we make it interesting? Oh, we'll just make him a spy. Yeah. Now, when I, when I thought of that, I thought, oh, hang on, that's exactly what they've done. Because they've, just to take any kind of... Uh, confusion or uh, possibility that maybe they were trying to be unique about this whole idea. They've named the the Christian Slater characters Henry and Edward, and uh, it was Henry Jekyll well, and Edward Hyde. You could claim that they're just yeah ripping off Jekyll and Hyde, which you know does predate the TV show. But oh yeah yeah yeah. But the but the thing is that they're so obviously just. Stealing Jekyll and Hyde with no kind of it, it thought seem, about the about has, the problems. Both shows have the same thing of of one of them has a suburban family, which is is kind of uh, obviously meant to be safety and and purity and all that sort of stuff. And the other one is the loner, and so yes, it does actually borrow quite a bit from the the Jekyll TV show. But then also it seems to borrow quite a bit from True Lies and Alias. <laughs> I, I thought yes. as well. It's not very good. Is, uh, is what we're getting at. No, go I on, Brett. Think, defend I it think some it more. switches by the end of the third episode. There's some really I think interesting... particularly the third episode is where, it, and this is why this is why I have the law of threes for for reviewing. But, but I watched three episodes, Brett. I watched all three episodes. You were at my house while I was watching the third episode. <laughs> I was at the third. That okay. was the third that yeah. I was watching. Mm. It's only me that gave up after two, Brett. That's because I, I didn't have time. I watched all. I watched three episodes. But I got to the end of the third episode, and I was so. So on board and was just busting for the fourth episode. We haven't mentioned I got, to- I got to the end of the third episode and went, thank God I don't have to watch that anymore. <laughs> the casting is quite fascinating. Saffron Burrows, who I still think of as being famous, even if no one else does, she's in there, I, I think being really good as a psychiatrist who is so patently going to be important to the plot because she's played by Saffron Burrows. You know, it's one of those things where you're going, she's only in one scene, but it's Saffron Burrows. You wouldn't get her in to do something if she's not going to turn out to be important. And I think in the second episode, um, Farmer Hoggett turns up as well. Who? Ah. I've forgotten his name. The, the actor who played Farmer Hoggett in the Babe oh, film. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Who, who was also uh, the, uh, the chief, chief of police in, uh, uh, in, in LA Confidential. And, and who was Six who Feet was Under. Yes, one, yeah. one of um, the... James Woods? Not James Woods. Ruth's uh, romantic interests. Yeah. Um, he was in that Star Trek movie that wasn't very good. That's not narrowing it down for people. I do apologise. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting that the casting's quite heavy-hitting. 
you know, and Christian Slater, who was great in Heathers. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't and know. And the volume. It was just one of those shows. And there's some interesting art, de- art department in there, although the art department's going a bit crazy in a way that seems to sometimes battle the show itself. But um, His face is a little bit too angular these days, I think. He's yeah. kind of... He's looking a bit cartoony, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Hey, you know what? At, at least uh, there were no 3D giant letters. There were no. I thought there would be at one point. When they went to London, I imagined any minute now the giant 3D letters coming past the James line. Cromwell. James Cromwell. Thanks, James Cromwell. Thanks, James. So that's uh, my own worst enemy. Uh, Your own worst enemy? <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. So that's Josh's worst enemy, which is uh, available now. Christian Slater <laughs> is my worst enemy. I'm enjoying it. Try it. Hello, I'm Courtney Hocking. If you want to hear about sports and cars... No, that's the wrong show! Oh, television. Then uh, listen to Box Cutters. It's pretty great. I was, uh, I was looking through the TV guide, as one does in preparation for a show. Were you mm. circling things? As I, you know what? No, I was writing down a list. Mm. I write down a list. Really? Yeah. Actually, you were looking on the internet, though, weren't you? You were looking at the computer. So oh, yeah, circling yeah. things there would have been weird. It's, it's, I, it makes it very difficult to use the screen again. Yes. Counterproductive. Uh, and uh, and I, I found a, a show on Tuesday nights on Channel 7 at, uh, I think it's the 10.30 to 11.30 slot, called Surgery Saved My Life. <laughs> That's great. And I... I just thought they're really just clutching at straws. It's yeah. lovely. I think it's brilliant, though. I think shows like that, Surgery Saved My Life, or, you know, Aspirin Made My Headache Go Away. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one that was, I Shouldn't Be Alive? I always loved that one. I Shouldn't Be Alive. <laughs> that was my favourite title for a show ever. So, yes, Surgery Saved My Life, like it's supposed to do. <laughs> Successful Surgery yes. Saved My Life. But, I mean, that, 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 it doesn't sound like that She's exciting stopped. a premise, talking to people who had surgery and now they're yeah. still alive. Yeah. Mind you, botched like, surgery saved my life. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> so it's about surgery that somehow went horribly wrong, disfiguring whatever it was it was meant to cure, but revealed, you know, uh, the cancer that they managed to remove. Mm. That, that would be good. So it's kind of, you know, on one hand, on the other. And, you know, people sort of talk Swings about... Swings and Yeah, the, the wistfulness of life. It'd be great. That's, um, that's uh, my new series, actually, for SBS next year. <laughs> botched so, surgery saved botched my life. Botched surgery saved my life. So, I, you know how they're actually presenting it? Uh, n- like no, it, it sounds like a television. typical docudrama <laughs> tearjerker. That's, yeah. that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It, it sounds like an RPA kind of... Uh, Find my family. Pro- probably English or, uh, I'm or so American. But maybe you know it's got a happy ending. That's the other selling point with the title. You know they're going to survive, don't they? So you don't have to worry too much about, you know, is Granny going to cark it? Because you know that surgery will save her life. And then I thought about... I, I started looking at the rest of the TV guide... And there's straw clutching everywhere. Mm. What else did you see, Josh? Out of the Blue. Channel 10 are still showing Out of the Blue, but they're showing it at 11.30. So for people like me have completely forgotten what that is, what is it? That was the show that the BBC were doing as a co-production with, uh, I think, Southern Star, uh, in order to replace Neighbours Neighbours on the BBC. Right, to Channel 5. And they've already axed it. It's already gone. Because they've got an Australian content uh, requirement on the BBC. Is that right? N- no. <laughs> no, it's just just because they uh, they thought, well, Neighbours is successful and it's about Australians. Maybe we can replace that. We can make an- it for less than Channel 5 stole Neighbours from us. Yes. Well. And uh, it turns out they couldn't because it wasn't very good. But Channel 10 are still showing it 
but they're only showing it at 11.30 at night. And that's when it just months. slips in for the Australian content quota. And that's also months after not mm-hmm. having screened it. Yes. Yeah. Yes and yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, while we're still on Channel 10, who unfortunately don't have very much money at all, uh, if you see Channel 10 in the street, give it 50 give cents. Them something. They really, you know... Buy a they big issue it. from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their Wednesday night lineup, which has changed again weekly since uh, um, the Bondi Bondi Bali Bali Bondi. What were oh, yeah, yeah, that? Bali Bondi Rescue. And uh, and Kenny got moved from uh, Wednesday night. Is, you're looking quite confused about Bali Bondi Rescue. <laughs> no, actually, when the ads confused me, it was all like, "Yeah, Bondi Rescue," but it's in Bali. But it's in Bali, but hey, exactly. Oh, oh, it's, oh. it's showing the Balinese lifesavers how to do it. And I was just thinking, but sorry for Kenny. Actually, also it was Kenny, maybe because I actually think Kenny's a great film. I think it's a fantastic movie. Never I, seen it. I, I you know, think the, the the two Clayton brothers. Um, it's Clayton brothers, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. Jacobson brothers. Jacobson brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Clayton> <laughs> Nancy, Clayton's, the famous Nancy sisters. The, you know, it's, um, <laughs> the Clayton's are the brothers that you have when you don't when have you, brothers. When you don't have, have the Jacobsons, um, but yeah, no, I, mean, I think that, yeah, it's, it's fine work and they're doing good stuff and and you know and I, I thought it was interesting because um, Shane Jacobson. Did you watch the series? Was it Shane Jacobson did the whole thing when he was in Guys and Dolls? The whole I don't want to be Kenny and I want to be photographed in overalls and I want to blah blah blah. Mm. Yeah, I'm moving away from that. And then suddenly there's this television series where he's well, Kenny. It had a long lead time. I was talking to to the stewardess Yvonne Bibra mm-hmm. a year ago now, and they were they were just organising to do the last shoots or do the last couple of trips. Right. So, maybe that, so, so maybe it took that came almost after. a year to get on there. But it just seems kind of like, you know, to have come out of this this brilliant, I, mean, I think yeah, generally brilliant film and I think really brought Australians together made us not have their own cinema for, for a day. That's quite nice. Um, to then kind of end up with this TV show that no one really cares about, no one really wanted and it's just hammering this character we really liked into the ground. Oh, sure. Really At the same time, we drive around and see, well, I drive around. Uh, John, you don't drive. But I, I, I drive. Sometimes I, I drive tra- you. I tram around. I drive you around. Yeah. And uh, I walk around. Sometimes. And there, there are billboards. Don't. No, you don't. I do on Smith Street. <laughs> yeah, oh. I haven't seen to walk on Smith Street. Right. Mm. There are billboards with Kenny. With Kenny, with Kenny yeah. selling, yeah. O- selling yeah. overalls. And that's obviously Hard yeah, decker. very new. And I'm going. I don't know what's going on with that. It just seems yeah. And, and some other TV show seemed to me a mistake. They should have just gone. No. I'm not sure that that Kenny the series wasn't resonating with with the suburban tradies. Okay. Like the film did. Like but the, the film was massive no, the, because it was such worked, an everyman kind of... But the film worked for everyone, though. I mean, the film was, was an across-the-board kind of, you know, hit. Like, it was a hit in mainstream cinemas. It was, it was a hit in, you know, the Lindy cinemas. It was kind of, you know, people really just had a, a thing mm. for Kenny. People had a thing for Kenny. Um... But yeah, now he's he's trying to get out of but it, and, and he yeah. can't. And the and the show didn't succeed. I mean, that's what I mean. It just feels and like you've you've kind of spoiled. It's like Blondie reforming. You know, just don't, just don't leave, leave the memories pristine. Yeah. So we had Bondo Bali, and we had Kenny, and, we had and Kenny. we've had uh, Fut- Big Cat Family, Big, Big Cat Diary, Big Cat Diary. That's like a week or something, wasn't uh, that one? And then one Fut- Futurama episode, one Futurama double. Play? Was it a double play? Um, I think it was one of the ones from Beast with a Booming Back. And uh, and this week... What's this week's Wednesday night show? This week's surprise television on Wednesday night is Hamish and Andy re-gifted. In what way are they re-gifted? This is... Well, they were given to Rove. Rove didn't want them. And he's, gi- and he's <laughs> given them back. It's still in the original it's, wrappers. It's, it's bits. It's Hamish and Andy bits from Rove. Put into one show. In what way are they regifted? 
What? Let's take from the blurb. Can't get enough of Hamish and Andy? Yes, I can. Catch this wrap-up of all the crazy antics the boys got up to on Rove throughout 2008. Plus, some never-before-seen moments in this one-hour special, presented direct from Andy's mum's backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I've never wanted to, to have a button that had crickets. <laughs> we really should As get much, one of those. We, we really should. We really should. Uh it's it is clutching at straws. They're mm. just, you know what? They've seen Channel Nine with their hair on fire, running through the corridors, and gone. Maybe that's how we're supposed to make television. What's what I don't get? I don't get why Channel Ten doesn't whack something on, you know, the names for their key demographic, and just leave it on at least little ads, you know, for that well, rather than one thing that they are bringing back. And ah, oh, it may be that same slot um, they're bringing back for the last week of ratings is nine oh two one oh. <laughs> right. Because it didn't work before, so now it will. Yeah, but just going into summer. And I think it may be that 7.30 Wednesday slot. I saw, I saw a little bit of 90210 the other day, and uh, it was the the worst case of middle-aged people writing for what they thought 16-year-olds <laughs> would find fun. And uh, it was a, a Sweet 16 party uh, where they had karaoke, and uh, for some reason, everybody there knew all the words to hit me with your best shot. And uh, well, that's that's in Guitar Hero, so oh, that's not it? beyond yeah. right. Okay, well, not that, beyond, but not that. Likely. Well, that no, that, that, like, puts, that puts it in some perspective. That's that's fair enough. It's like but, in my alternative reality as a DJ. I, I was shocked when everybody, all the kids, knew all the words for the verses for Mbop. The Hanson song. The Hanson song. Yeah, that's weird. Is massive. As, uh, but I never knew the words to the verses when it first came out. Yeah. It was just mm, bop, na, da, 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 da. Yeah, produced, I mean, produced yes. by the very talented Dust Brothers. Oh, really? And, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, the but you know back, back to television. So so on nine hundred two one zero they have this karaoke thing and er- everyone sings "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," and then it's like they couldn't get the rights to any other songs, and <laughs> there's a, a moment where two of the characters are singing. When the Saints Go Marching In. Oh. 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 oh, that's bad. It's amazing how much actually fits into clutching at straws. <laughs> as a, we should, as keep, a this. We should keep this as a We really should. Letters to box cutters. People have sent us letters. Mm. We read them out. That's how this. That's how this segment works. It works well, actually. Yeah. I might say. Uh, Daniel Kilby has uh, has uh, written in. Dambo. Not uh, not content with only winning the quiz. Also writing in and good on you too. He's not Dambo. I think he's Daniel Boxcutter. Anyway, what does Mister Kilby tell us? Anyway, he says. Uh, uh, t- talking about bones uh, and and whether or not it jumped, uh, he says, surely the correct answer wasn't not dead booth, but Zach as crazy serial killer in training. I personally found the Zach thing more shocking because of the not dead booth having known that they couldn't possibly kill off an opening titles character for reals, <laughs> only to have them write Eric M- <laughs> Milligan out of the show in what the very next episode... I think it was the next episode. No, it was the same episode. 
It was that exactly was, the same episode. But it was six months ago on Channel BT. So uh, he, he also goes on to say that he, he doesn't agree on the David Boreanaz thing, though. Uh, he's nothing if not a good study, having also recently started watching Buffy from the start. I was shocked by how bad he was in it, not to mention how weedy compared to his current work on Bones. Uh, so that's, uh, that's Daniel going, Bones? Jumped ages ago. Well, as a follow-up to the... No, 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 that's not what he's saying. He's saying that Booth being shot and not telling anybody that he wasn't dead wasn't jumping the shark, but that one of the scientists in the Institute being the apprentice to, to Gordana Was or jumping whatever. the shark, which was in the same episode, you're saying? Yes, ah, it was right. in the same episode. Same episode, but different, episode. different jump. Okay. Then, because then because I know nothing about Bones, that whole everything I just read out made no <laughs> sense to me whatsoever. As a, as a follow-up to that, and, and harking back to jumping the shark, which is taken from the happy days going to California, yeah, 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 Fonzie yeah. Uh, water skiing, they, in the very Are next episode... Are you going to say sharks also have bones? They, is that what you're going to no, say? No, in the very next episode... Episode, they they leave their their usual staging area and go over to London, and suddenly they're they're uh, taken up by Scotland Yard and uh, whatever the the institute's uh, equivalent in the UK is to uh, solve their crimes over there, and they're they're shuttling bones back and forth to the states. Is it is it bad American filming London too? Like is it the usual American telly filmed in? California, but pretending it's London, or is it junk um, at London? Or, did they, or, did they, yes, or is it junk at London? Did far, they actually go far, and do far too many shots uh, set at a cafe just to that that little bit next to Tower Bridge, up towards the, <laughs> the battleship that's in the Thames there? Yes, yep. Because I wanted to, there's a, there's a shot in my own West Enemy. Um, yeah, my own West Enemy. Oh, where, yours? Yeah, yours mine. Yes, I'm Jeff. Ooh. Anyway, there's this um, there's a shot where, where it's a shot of London, which we were saying it's a nightclub in London that is apparently hovering slightly above the London Eye, the, the enormous <laughs> Ferris wheel, sort of on the south bank, kind of where the Shell Building offices. Are. <laughs> it's like going, what, what the hell is that? What is that? It's just weird. Like nothing of that shot kind of made any sense to your brain. It was like. The building is taller than the big Ferris wheel you get on to look at buildings. But, but also yes. in that uh, in that scene, uh, he he needs to go upstairs to get onto the roof, but has to go through the party in order to get to the emergency exit in order to get up onto the roof when he could have just gone through the emergency exit to start with. But then he goes he goes. Up, up I onto think the he roof. needs to ring the alarm to get out the emergency. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd started ironing by this point. <laughs> he, he goes, <laughs> he goes yeah. up onto the roof just to abseil down and go to a floor below where the past, party is. Past the window where the party is in. And <laughs> <laughs> luckily, nobody was looking out the window <laughs> at God, the exact time. Because there's no interesting view outside the window, is there? No. There's all these people getting on the London Eye <laughs> to go up and go, wow, look at the view. This is a show that Brett, Brett enjoys. Brett, here's a letter for you to read out. From uh, Kerry Box. Hi guys, there's been a bit of discussion in the past about whether the particularly Australian humour of a show like Kath and Kim would translate to other cultures. That's a marvellous follow-on sentence. Thought I'd mention that I was reading a blog written by a woman in Sweden, and apparently the original Aussie version is being aired on Swedish television at the moment. And she loves it. She was also pretty scathing of the US remake. If the Swedes find Kath and Kim funny, then perhaps our humour isn't as unique air quotes, as we like to think it is. Fair point, well made. Love you guys, Kerry. Fair point. Fair point, well made. That's Letters to Box Cuts. Um, Pam Anderson, just uh, following up to that, has uh, been signed on to star in the US remake of 
Kath and Kim. Oh, that should, that should be fun. If you want to send an email to uh, Boxcutters, you can send it to hooray at boxcutters.net or click on the Talk to Boxcutters link on the blog. Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal... Are all these going to be about war? No. i got loads of... i got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Boxcutters. This week's quiz brought to you... By Crumpler. Yes. Eskimos. Yeah, what have we got? What are we giving? Yeah, you you promised a camouflage bag, Brett Cropley, and there we have it. Oh. Can you see it? It it, it does. Look at the clock. You might need to lean back a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no, I can just make it out. If I hold it up to the camera. There is no, that's not a camera, that's a television. You don't even understand how these things work. Can I say, after weeks and weeks of giving you you things you can can put your digit in, this is a (laughs) full-on crumbler bag. This is like one that people will be impressed to see you walking down the street with. What are you saying? And, 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 well, yeah, people will go, you've spent hundreds of dollars at crumbler. People from up the road will be able to see it. And you can go, yes, 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 I have. They actually won't be able to see it up the road because it's (laughs) it's camouflage. It's camouflage. It's it's nice. But okay, it's if you're wearing a pink T-shirt, they'll be able to see it because it's not a pink camouflage. <laughs> That's true. It's a blue and camo, uh, green and camo camouflage. If you go into a desert, they'll be able to see it because it's the wrong kind of camouflage. Yeah, yeah. All the snow. All the snow. Don't take this to the snow. Well, you can take this snow. It's nice. <laughs> it's the uh, the messenger bag, the textbook. Point. Yeah, it's ooh, a, that's a nice bag. It is a great bag. You can win it by answering this question, Brett. Yeah, now, now, this is uh, using the old technology. We want to. Uh, we want the name of the piece that I'm about to play from this album. I should and point out, Brett hasn't played this to us either. So this is yeah, quite we, exciting. We're all here. And this. and and what speed it's being played at? No. <laughs> but and who's playing it? Oh. oh. Nice. We've that just had... If you're looking at the video podcast right now, you'll be getting a great clue. Video no. podcast viewers aren't able to, to, uh, uh, no, enter, to enter the competition. Sorry about that. John, they're, they're not watching the video podcast now because there is no video podcast. Anyway, so, so what do they have to answer again, Brett? They have to tell us... Tell us uh, the name of the piece yep. and who is playing it in this particular recording. And Ooh. here it comes. I hope. There's nothing it? spinning. It's not firing. Uh, oh. Probably because it's not turned on. Yeah, DJ, spin that. No, it's turned on. Here uh, we go. Brett Crapley, professional DJ. <laughs> yeah, good parties, that was. It's oh, spinning. Oh, no. It's spinning, but it's not playing. Hang on. You've got to put the needle. onto. Me. There's a needle on the, that you've got was, to put the onto, the, onto the record. Put, All right, put the needle on the record and the drum beat goes like this. Is it the entertainer from The Sting? <laughs> oh, I want to come out in a diaphanous 90 now. You know what? A diaphanous 90 and serve you all cocktails. <laughs> I'm not sure a diaphanous one's any good. <laughs> diaphanous 90 is great. I think we've heard enough. I think if, no, if we you haven't, haven't. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, no, we've heard enough. We've heard enough. Okay, Bye. so so the que- the questions are: name that tune, and, and who is the specific performer of this of performance that of it version? Mm. So uh, of that version, not not the original composer. No, no. 
Oh my god, that is so not a saxophone. <laughs> They couldn't afford a saxophonist. They just pulled out the saxophone again. Oh, it's variations on a theme. Very now. Miami Vice guitar. It is. Mmm. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we giving any clues? Because that, that second part is quite hard. It's, it is for the camo messenger bag. Oh, that's true. Yes. That's true. Um, I, I suspect that uh, maybe once they get the first part, they might be able to... Uh, Figure it out with a little bit of research. You, you know, and if it doesn't go off this week, there is a specific clue that I've got in mind for next week. Oh, no, that's fair enough. Because, look, it is the camo bag is a really, really good price. So, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, there's, if they don't get this week, they can, they can try again next week. It, it, we could go for four weeks and I've got, I've got just little tidbits that uh, we can go through until then. So that's the uh, box cutter quiz. You can enter that by question th- <laughs> emailing us, hooray at boxcutters.net, or clicking on the Talk To Us link on the blog. And uh, and putting uh, to answer a quiz. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. And that brings us to the end of box cutters episode one hundred. Pork. It's pork time. Oh, wait, actually, I've just been handed some breaking news. Ah, uh-huh. yes. Um, hang on. NBC has cancelled its new spy thriller, My Own Worst Enemy, a show it had promoted heavily during its Olympics telecasts. Um, yes, apparently four episodes in, My Own Worst Enemy has been cancelled. Oh, no. That's, the, that's the, the kiss of box cutters. I know. See, we should, we should mention curse. things. We do we do kill that which we love. Oh, and, and, I'll and never <laughs> talk about television again. If you've got any shows that uh, you want to have killed off... Yeah, yeah, just email just us. email yeah. us and, and we'll, uh, we'll let us know what you them. want to review. Yes. Yeah. yeah. H- hooray at boxcutters.net. Now, Brett, you went, oh, pork. Clearly, you've got something. I'm just uh, I'm out of the question, which uh, it's it's a little bit painful at times, the Glenn Robbins uh, local quote uh, <laughs> charity case, perhaps. Uh, Rob Schneider was on it last week, and he was just horrible. He was the most... And he was with your buddy, Will, Josh. Yes. Um, and they, uh, do they go way back? They were like really pally pally. And, but uh, it, was, it, it was a little bit it's like... It's the lies of television, Brett. The lies of television. Yeah. Uh, that's fair enough. But he, he seemed to have as a- much clue about what Out of the Question was about as did that dude from Spando Ballet on Rockwiz did about Tony Rock Hadley. Wiz. He yeah. was very good though on, on Rockwiz. Tony Hadley's special subject was the Russian Revolution because <laughs> he didn't realise what kind of show it was. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> he thought he was just going in there doing the it, song, it going gr- true, and then leaving. And leaving. Great show. Uh, that was one, a great show. One of our listeners uh, had the uh, displeasure of, of meeting Rob Schneider during the week and uh, had absolutely nothing nice to... Uh, to say about uh, him or his movie or the time he spent. Uh, but now that we've mentioned him, he will die. Because that's <laughs> oh. what we do. Oh. Yeah, now that we've mentioned Rob Schneider. We did mention Tony Hadley, though. I feel a bit sad about that because I quite like Tony Hadley. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that's what we do. We're the anti-Midas. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 157. Our in-kind sponsors for the show are Crumpler, who provide us with bags for our giveaways. You can find Even them if on you the can't web see them. at crumpler.com.au. I'm, I'm moving that around and for the video podcast. Mm. Brett, clearly I'm trying to do a thing here. And I'm trying to do a thing. <laughs> you always try to do a thing. It never stops me all the time. Guys, don't, don't fight in the show. Three, tri- three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast... 
each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au. If you want to email us, please do hooray at boxcutters.net or send us a text to 0458 Cutter. Or Butt Doctor. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And if you want to uh, leave us... <laughs> Come on. I forgot You're not to supposed to say anything there. I know, but I forgot to do it. Okay. I forgot to do it. If uh, if you enjoyed this show and uh, and would like to fill out our survey, please do. It will help our show be better for you, the wonderful listener of Box Cutters. You, you will. Can, you uh, want a better show, don't you? Yes. Click click on the. Don't you? Uh, it's your own fault if you don't. <laughs> click on the link that says uh, "Fill out our listener survey." And hey, that's what she said. <laughs> let's be careful out there.